0: You know, before there was GPS and before there were apps like Google and Waze where you could just get on your phone and you could kind of dial in and, and there was your directions. There used to be maps. You don't remember maps? They, they were made out of paper, you know. And uh, and what would happen, as you know, on a map is that there would be an area, a pretty good size area, and and they would superimpose a grid on the area. And and so what you had to do with the map is you had to kind of chart your way, uh, you know, usually from the bottom left there in W, and you had to get up to the upper right there in D. And so what you're doing is you're you're charting your way forward and, and making your way from Point A to to point B, from your beginning place to your your final destination. And I want to, for me, that's a challenge, you know, to to do that. Uh, Some people are directionally intuitive, and and then there's the rest of us. Uh, And I want to tell you, we've had some of the most um, challenging uh, adventures in our marriage over maps. All you have to do is put me in the driver's seat and Julie in the passenger seat with one of those things and, and I, I, it just really things start to happen. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just going to share one today just to kind of give you a sense of kind of what goes on. There, we were watching our son play soccer in, in New Jersey and it was a night game and so we enjoyed the game and we hung around were with the parents and so it got to be really pretty late and, And so, you know, we said, okay, here we are in North Jersey, and we had to make our way back to Long Island, where we're staying with my relatives. And uh, we decided, well, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the map, and we're going to take a shortcut. We're going to take a shortcut through Midtown Manhattan at midnight. Well, here's here's what went on. We we didn't ever quite get to Midtown Manhattan. We got to to Lower Manhattan. In fact, we got to the to the New York City bus terminal in Lower Manhattan. And if you want to know what the bus terminal looks like at one o'clock in the morning, in in. In lower New York, it, it's like this giant parking garage, which is just one way. You just go round and round and round, and, and there's thousands of buses. I mean, all the buses that run out through New York City all the time, well, they're all parked there. They're all sleeping, and everybody everybody else is sleeping. too. There's not a human being in sight. And so we're driving and driving, and, and I want to tell you, that made for such interesting conversation in our car at 1 o'clock in the morning in the bus terminal in New York. And, and so we're driving around, and, and finally we see a, a human being. I, I, thank God, you know? And, and, and it wasn't, I, I think it might have been an angel, actually, because the, uh, he asked us the same question the angel asked in the scripture this morning. It's like, where'd you come from? And, and, like, where are you going? You know? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that's the angel question, you know? And so we didn't go into great length in an answer. We didn't say, oh, we're in New Jersey, da-da-da, you know, Long Island. We didn't, we didn't do any of that. We just, we said, you know, man, we are, we are directionally challenged. Like, we are lost, you know? i tell you, I think everybody at one time or another finds themselves in that spot. Everybody at one time or another is directionally challenged. Everybody at one t- time or another get lost. I mean, even though we have GPS and even though you have your, we have our iPhones with our, with our your maps there, uh, even though we have the maps on the paper, even though we have our lives sometimes kind of explicitly mapped out. I mean, we can have all of that sometimes we find ourselves asking the question, how did I get here? I mean, I mean where do we come from? and like, 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 where are we going? And it happens even to the best of us. I was reading one of the biographies of Betty Ford. And she was the wife of the 38th president of the United States, Gerald Ford. And you may uh, think, well, that's a lady that certainly has it all together. But she also was a lady that was... Well, very well known for how she spoke out for particular causes. And one of those causes was uh, treatment of dependency, alcohol and drug dependency. And the reason she was so vocal about that is she was one who suffered from addiction to alcohol and to prescription drugs. And, you know, in her biography, it was pretty interesting. You know, kind of at the beginning of all things, she was very resistant to treatment very resistant to saying she had a problem. And so, you know, and her family had to intervene. And so in the intervention, there was this point where they got her to kind of go into the hospital. And so they're taking her into the hospital. They go walk in the front door of the hospital. They get in the elevator. They ride up to the fourth floor of this hospital. The door is open. And when the door is open, they see that front desk. And the front desk says, Drug Treatment Center. She's standing there in the elevator. And she's looking at those words on that front desk, and she asked herself the question, how did I get here? How did I get here? You know, where'd this come from? And where's it going? I think everybody, I think, that's, I think it happens to everybody. You know, as I look at the scripture this morning, I, I think it probably happened to Abraham and Sarah in the scripture this morning. Let me tell you a, a little bit of background in, you know, in, the, in the text today. I mean, what happened was that 10 years before this particular text, Abraham and Sarah, they had lived in the uh, Tigris-Euphrates River Valley, kind of modern-day Iraq. And I guess life was probably going pretty good for them. It doesn't really say. But, but God comes along and God gives them a promise. And God's promise to them is, you will have a homeland and you will have a family, a huge family, and you'll bless the earth. And so God gives them that promise. And and so on the basis of that covenant promise, they take off and they follow God. And 10 years passes. And as time passes, Sarah's biological clock ticks out. And when that ticks out, she has no children. And not only is she not having children, they don't have a place to live either. They're still nomads, they're still wandering. And so they kind of come to the, and this is where we start the text today. I mean, they're, they're at that place. And when they're at that place, to me, I would be asking the question of, like, how did I get here? I mean, like, what just happened? And Sarah didn't only ask that question, she didn't only say, well, what just happened? She was a lot more proactive about it. She says, I'm going, to, I'm going to do something about it. You know, not only what just happened to me, it's like, how are we going to get out of here? And so she decides to take matters into her own hands. And so she concocts this plan. And, I, you know, if you listen carefully to the text today, the word, the way the text starts out, starts out like this. God saw it fit not to give me any children. I, you know, when you listen to those words, if you don't hear bitterness in those words against God, you need to kind of replay that she is mad. She is bitter against God and so she kind of uh, comes up with her own solution she's going to take her own shortcut you know and so she comes up with a, you know here's the plan i'm going to take my slave girl i'm going to give her to abraham abraham's going to have uh, kids by her and, and they're going to be my family and that's the way this is going to happen and so they begin to play that out and when they play that out the whole thing starts to backfire and you, when, as you watch it, it it kind of goes through this cycle of uh, of use and abuse and that's kind of what you begin to see it's kind of like you know abraham uses hagar you know, Sarah comes up and kind of accuses Abraham of things going bad because 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 Hagar gets uppity and then Abram and 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 that conversation ends up where what Hagar says to Abram is says God's judge between me and you, and what that means in the Bible is God's going to get you. That's kind of what that means shorthand. Yeah, and so Abram, you know, nothing like a woman scorned. You know, hell hath no fury. And so Abram's, I'm out of here. You know, she's yours. You do with her what you want. So. You know, basically what we begin to see is that Sarah abuses Hagar. And so that's where we find ourselves in the text. And I begin to wonder as I read that along the way, uh, as that began to progress out, did Abram and Sarah ever stop and ask themselves the question, how did we get here? Like, where did this come from? Where did all this that's going on inside of us come from? And where is it going because I know when they started, I bet you when they started, that's not the heart they started with. And I'm sure they never thought that they would be there. They never thought that. And so you don't really know what they asked themselves, you know, if they ever asked themselves that angel question. But we do know in the scripture that Hagar confronted that question. The Hagar, when she was abused, what she did was she ran. And she ran as far and fast as she could. She tried to put as much distance between her pain and herself as possible. And so she, she ran. And as she ran, the angel, she came across the angel, and the angel asked her the question. And her response was, I am running from I am running from. People have that experience in life, too. We are running from where we find ourselves running from troubled childhood, where we find ourselves running from turbulence in marriage, where we find ourselves running from failures that we can't forgive ourselves for we find ourselves running from disasters that grow into decisions that we didn't intend, but yet they were. the consequences are there. We find ourselves running from regrets. We know as we go through life that that happens also to everybody. At one time or another, we find ourselves running from. And that's, when you run from, it's... What happens is just what happened with Hagar in the scripture this morning. They get deeper and deeper into the wilderness. In the scripture where it says wilderness, that means you get lost. You get more and more and more lost. I mean, when what's driving you is trying to escape. You just find yourselves in the desert. And that's where she found herself. And in the scripture... That's where God found her. That's where God found her. And God found her with this question. Where are you coming from? And where are you going? And to me, to me, that's a, that's a great question because it, what it invites us to do is to take an opportunity for an objective orientation. To kind of step back and say for a moment you know what, hey, you know, what's been driving me is what I'm running from and what I need to do is get a sense of orientation of where I've come from and where I'm going and, and that's what I need and so the angel asks the question and invites Hagar into that place and as the angel invites her into that place then the angel gives her instructions that I personally, I don't think I'd I would ever give anybody I mean I, what what the angel tells Hagar to do is something that I I, well, I guess I shouldn't say never but I probably highly likely would not do <laughs> the angel says to Hagar you need to return to what you're running from you need to go back you need to return to what you're running from and what I found as a pastor is that's you know, to tell somebody to go back into a situation where you know the pattern is used and abuse, that that is destructive. It's destructive all around. The people on, on both sides of the equation, both those who are being victimized and those who are perpetrating it, it just, it just is not good. It just doesn't work. That's why I say I would, I would just never, I would never give that advice. Or I don't think I'd ever give that advice. And the only way I can make that even semi-fit in the scripture today, in my mind, is a whole bunch of maybes. You know, maybe Hagar had no other options. That being out there in the desert by herself, and she was not a person in that world, she was property. And so she had no family, she had no, you know, there's, I mean, being out there was certain death. And so maybe in that sense, you know, yeah, maybe you go back. Maybe, as the scripture said, that she was insolent, she was arrogant, she was immature, she, she needed to grow up. And so maybe she had a chance to change, go back, maybe. And maybe Abraham and Sarah, maybe they had time to think about some things, and maybe they themselves had a chance and opportunity to change, but that is a whole bunch of maybes. And so on one hand, I don't think I'd ever say, return to what you're running from. But on another hand, I'd always say, return to what you're running from. Because what I found is that until you face up to the inner fears that drive you, until you kind of come face to face with the pain that's part of your life, and come face to face with it in a way that, that you begin to say, I need to find healing, and I need to work through this, that's the only way to do that. You need to return kind of inwardly to that place, that place of the heart, because God works in that place just like God worked in the scripture in that place. And so that's a place for healing, and that's a place for personal growth, and that's a place for lifeless. But to go back there, it's hard. It is really hard. And I always recommend that going back there, you don't go by yourself. Go with support. Go with a good counselor. Go with the pastor. Go with a friend you can really trust, that you know keeps confidences, that you know never judges. Go with the God, the God that loves you with an incredible, amazing grace. Go with the network. You know, then go face those places where we have pain where there's gain and where we grow and where we come to an understanding of the questions. Where did I come from? And where am I going? Hagar has that kind of opportunity. And what you see in the scripture this morning is that when the angel says that to Hagar something in Hagar changes. Something in her changes the angel says to hagar i want you to call your son ishmael ishmael means god hears and god heeds and i love that because you know what she could look at that little boy playing that child playing and she could think about all the things that happened with abraham and sarah and she could you know look at that child in that way or with the invitation of the angel you need to know when you look at that little boy that God hears your prayers, and God answers your prayers. That's what the angel invites Hagar to call her son, Ishmael. God hears, and God heeds. And then what Hagar does, she turns around, and she gives God a name too. And the name she gives God is El Roy. And what that means is God sees. God sees God does not turn the blind eye. God does, not, God does not turn away. God sees me in my struggle. God sees me in the wilderness. God sees me in the desert. God sees me there in my struggles. And God says to me, just like God said to Hagar in the scripture, "My promise is with you too. You are not outside of my purposes. You are not south outside of my grace." are not outside of the way that I work and my plans. And so you begin to see the promise of God and how it unfolds in the life of Hagar in the scripture. And so Hagar, she calls God, Elroy, the one who sees and she calls the spring, the spring in the desert where the life-giving water flows up. She calls that bear, bohoi, I forget the rest of it. What <laughs> it a bunch of syllables! But what it means in Hebrew: God sees, and I live. God sees, and I live. I want to tell you one of the things I love about our church is our name: Spring Valley. Because I think we find ourselves on a road where there's a lot of people going back and forth really fast in a lot of different directions, but sometimes I wonder, can they answer the question, where have I come from and where am I going? And how many of them are saying to themselves, how did I get here? I tell you, it's so good to know that the spring, the spring of God, is still here. The spring where God hears, God heeds, God sees, God says, my promise is yours in Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing. That's part of what we share together, you know, and can it be? It can, because of God's choice. And it can in ways that we share it with all the people around us. And that is such a beautiful blessing. Our name holds such a beautiful blessing that we're sharing together and that God gives us to share with people who find themselves in the desert, and in the wilderness, and they need the spring, where they know God sees, and I live. Frederick Bickner tells this story. I'm going to close with this. He said there was one night where he, Frederick, he's a writer, he's is, he is a great writer. I'd recommend it to anybody. Uh, he says there was one night he was driving down a road uh, and he lives up in the northeast, uh, up in, in the country. Actually, you know, in the country, that's kind of what you need to know. And, and so he's worried about his daughter, who is really very, very ill, and about what's happening in his family in regards to that. And he's worried to the point of depression. And so he pulls over on the side of the road, and he's just thinking about all that, and he's feeling so alone, and he's feeling so lost, and he's feeling just so isolated, so much in the wilderness, so much in the desert, and a car pulls over. You know, to check on him, make sure he's okay. And he looks on the license plate of the car. He says, When I looked at the license plate of the car, it's the one word out of all the words in the dictionary that I needed. And the word was trust. Trust. God hears, God heeds, God sees. God says, you are mine. You are mine. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Precious God, we give you thanks that when we find ourselves in the wilderness, in the desert, with the questions that you see, that you close, that you are the spring of life, that you invite us to know. That we are yours. In that blessing, we give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.